Hi friends, welcome back to APIs You Won't Hate. This is Mike, your co-host. For this episode, I'm chatting with Gil Feig, who is the co-founder of Merge. Him and I had a great time talking about uh, what he's been building with his team at Merge, what it's like to grow an API-centric product, the challenges inherent in that, some of the really cool learnings that his team has come across when they've been building their product, and what it's like to grow an API-centric product, especially one that was born during the pandemic. Uh, it was a great discussion. I hope you enjoy it. Please check out the interview. Send me any feedback you've got at Irreverent Mike on Twitter or at APIs You Won't Hate. For our next episode, I believe we'll be back with Phil and Matt and myself chatting about APIs and catching up on some of the news and uh, latest goings on in the world. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy this interview uh, with Gil. It was a fantastic discussion and uh, really think he's on something exciting there. Love to see people in the API universe building interesting products and sort of pushing the limits. Uh, of what's been um, done before, and especially when it makes all of our lives easier. Products like that really kind of sing their own tune. Yeah, and so before we get off to the interview, here's a quick message from our sponsors. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the interview. This episode of APIs You Won't Hate is brought to you by Treble. Treble is an API management platform that helps developers and companies understand their APIs better, and in the process saves a lot of time and money. What started out as a solution for their own problems has grown into a platform that's processing more than 9 million API requests a month. Treble features real-time API monitoring, automatically generated documentation, logging and error tracking, API analytics, and one-click API testing. To learn more about Treble, go to treble.com slash APIs you love. That's treble, T-R-E-B-L-L-E dot com slash APIs you love. Thank you so much to Treble for sponsoring APIs you won't hate. This episode of APIs You Won't Hate is brought to you by Lob. Lob is a group of passionate people working towards their vision of increasing connectivity between the offline and online worlds. They help developers send postcards, letters, and checks as easily as email through RESTful APIs. Lob is looking for engineers at all levels interested in joining a successful growth stage startup. They offer collaborative culture, supporting teamwork and mentorship. Their founders have a strong vision of building a product-led organization, and it's an opportunity to have a big impact on Lob's business and engineering culture. Lob is built using open API specifications for contract testing, generating documentation, and soon SDKs. Their API is written in a mix of JavaScript, Golang, and Elixir, and their customer-facing dashboards are built with Vue.js. If you're interested in joining Lob, check them out online at lob.com careers. Thank you so much to Lob for sponsoring APIs you won't hate. All right, and I'm here with Gil Feig from Merge. Gil, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Thanks. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about you and Merge and your story and how all that applies to APIs and the, the world you're kind of living in. And so maybe we can start with a bit about yourself, your background perhaps, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Gil. I am a software engineer through and through. I've been, been so since I was pretty young. I uh, had a computer in my room and Started coding, but got serious about it in college, major, majored in computer science and graduated and, and went straight into software. So I worked at LinkedIn for a few years, then Wealthfront. Uh, and then finally, I joined a startup called Canvas, now called Untapped, which is recruiting. And while I was there, I had to build a ton of integrations with different applicant tracking systems. And it was one after the next. It was an insane amount of work. We first built Greenhouse, then Lever, then we had to build Workday. And in order to close new customers, we had to build the ATSs that they were using because we needed to be able to interact with whatever data they had on their end. And my co-founder, who I, who I actually met way back in college, but at the same time, she, she had you know gone into finance for a while, ended up at a startup as chief of staff. And, and there, she was building out a lot of different integrations with ticketing systems. And they ran into the exact same problem. They had to build 
it, every single integration with every single ticketing system, depending on what their customer was on. So we noticed this, this very joint problem of B2B companies, when they want to integrate with other platforms, they have to integrate with all the competitors that do the same thing in that space. And that's ultimately how we came upon the idea of merge, where we build unified APIs or one API to integrate with all the competitors in, in each vertical of B2B. Yeah, got it. Okay. So it, it sounds like you were living through the pain of something like uh, many startup founders do and kind of saw that pain as an opportunity. So how long ago was that? When, when did you found Merge? Yeah, we started Merge right at the beginning of the pandemic. So it was around what, June of 2020. Wow. Yeah. Dove right into the deep end, huh? <laughs> we did. We were, I mean, what better time the opportunity cost of starting a company than was you either sit there in your room and do nothing or you start a company. So yeah. Okay. So that, that's how you got to merge and you kind of said it already, but what's maybe the value proposition or the elevator pitch for why someone would want to use merge? Yeah, absolutely. So when, when you're starting a company and you know, you, you know that you need to be data rich, I would say most startups these days have some sort of data that they need to interact with. And, and even existing companies, large companies we sell to is basically come up with these product ideas. Like we want to build X, Y, and Z, but we need to pull in our customer's data from their HR system. Let's say we need to pull in all of their employees and we need to pull in all of their job titles, for example. The, the current approach is, all right, well, we need to go ask our customers which HR platforms they're using. We're gonna stack rank them based on maybe contract value, maybe which one the most customers are using. And we'll just start tackling them one by one in that order. But building them out is not just a, a simple fee, right? It, it could take three to six months to build out one integration. Then you have three to six months of long tail follow-ups and fixes as your devs are finding edge cases or things you just couldn't have predicted because you have customers who've set up their HR system in some custom way that affects how the API returns data. Uh, so you're basically assigning, you know, multiple devs six months or more. Plus you have your support teams involved. It's just a whole company problem, partnerships, everything. So instead you can either do that, go one by one, or instead you can choose merge, integrate just once with us. We offer for, for one of our categories, HR and payroll, we offer 35 integrations and we're constantly adding new ones. Once you build that out once, you don't have to do any extra work, ask merge to build one out if one's missing and we'll do it. And it's just available to your customers. Sure. Yeah. So that, that seems like a pretty easy call, right? When the alternative is go ask one of your developers to become an expert on someone else's product for a little while or long enough to be dangerous, or maybe not even an expert, but to just go try their best to figure it out and then maybe not have the time later on to go keep up with changes or uh, when things break to go and update the, the implementation and have to worry about those details. So you mentioned one of your, your verticals and it sounds like you've got a few verticals that Merge focuses on. Can, can you talk a little bit about those and maybe how you chose them? Yeah, sure. So we, we first started with recruiting, which is ATS or applicant tracking systems and HR and payroll. Those were our two categories that, that kind of launched HR and payroll kind of being one joint one. So it's HR payroll and then ATS. The reason we chose those, uh, one was we were familiar with ATS. It's something I had built out extensively before. ATS also comes with a lot of customizability and a lot of variation between platforms. So it was a good way for us to, to start out building a really robust system that we knew would extend to simpler verticals in the future. So it was a, I would say it was a bit bold to start with, but ultimately it's proven to be really great because we've been able to expand very quickly after that. So after that, we launched accounting. So those are ERP systems, things like NetSuite and QuickBooks. And then after that, we did ticketing. So Jira, Asana, that's a mis mi uh, mix of ticketing systems. So Jira, Asana, right. Trello, those sorts of things, but then also help desk. And then we also have a, a new one we just launched, which is CRM. So Salesforce, HubSpot. Yeah. Wow. All, all things that are in their own way, very, very customizable and a, a pretty significant problem to approach from a uh, development standpoint. 
I think maybe the only way you could have taken a harder route in would have been to start with something like electric health records, but <laughs> it sounds like you went with a, a good challenge to start and it's cool to see that you found some traction and whatnot. So for, for the APIs you won't hate audience, one of the questions that I like to ask because people invariably want to know is, can you tell us a little bit about what you build and merge with maybe languages, architecture approaches, things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think for us, choice of stack was, was more about speed to market. How quickly can we move? What is something that a lot of people are going to know coming in or something that people can easily learn as opposed to going for something that is the most optimized fast language. Uh, so naturally we chose Python, which I think cool. as we grow now, it, it is a bit of a slow language, but again, it lets us move incredibly quickly. We've adapted, we use a, a Django backend and we've added typing since. So, you know, we, we run into fewer issues there than on the front end where we're fully react. We have a pretty complex front end. I would say it's actually surprisingly for an API based startup. We probably have a more complex front end than most even non-API based startups. And so, yeah, that's the sort of our most common stack. Yeah, got it. And so on the other side of that, for your customers who are consuming uh, services through Merge, it looks like you ship a few different client libraries in, in a couple of different languages. Which of those do you support? Yeah. So what we did uh, early on was, was basically we need to be able to move incredibly quickly. Everything we've done is about how much we can automate. And so we're using open API for our APIs to, to document them. I'm sure most listeners here know this, but uh, sort of similar to Swagger or any model gen that you have at, at a lot of, you know, bigger companies where they build in-house. But we use OpenAPI. Um, our OpenAPI spec itself is auto-generated using uh, something called Django Spectacular. So it looks at our endpoints themselves and then it generates our, our spec. And then our spec is used by, uh, we, we sponsor and we use OpenAPI Generator, which can generate the client libraries or the SDKs. They're not perfect always, I would say. And so we, we've started to fork those templates a bit to customize them and support some of the things that we need. But overall, it's helped us move incredibly quickly. Sure. Yeah. That's probably the sign of a growing organization that has, has you know, multivariable requirements to fulfill, but also one of those things where suddenly you don't have to go hire a Python developer and a Ruby developer and a Java guy and someone who can do C++ and, and all these other things for people who want to consume in every flavor under the sun. Open API is a good way to scale that stuff out. That's really cool. Yeah, it's been great. And I, I think, you know, there's, there's obviously some, some elements of it. Like when, when you stretch open API to its max, or when you stretch in general, like the rest spec to its max, for example, we, we support the expand parameter, which is a, the common rest, you know, sort of thing where, where we have certain foreign keys relations that come back as an ID. But if in the request to our API, you say expand and then that field name, it comes back as a fully unwrapped object as opposed to the ID, the generators being able to, in the SDK, say the type of this is either a string or an object, depending on how that request went out. They're not so great for that. So those are some of the things we've had to adapt. We run into a lot of issues as you get more advanced with them. Sure. Yeah. I'd imagine as you get clients using your tools that are running more sophisticated organizations, they want more of those things too. And you kind of stress test those, those, you know, little edge cases of the API too. Yeah, exactly. But when you have, you know, when you have 12 different languages across five different APIs, that's 60 repos, it can be pretty hard to stay on top of with a lean dev team. So yeah, yeah. To that end, how, how big is your team right now? Yeah. So we are currently a total of 40 people and we have about uh, 12 engineers full time. And then we have five people focused fully on building new integrations using sort of a lot of the internal tooling that we've. Yeah. Got it. Got it. So, okay. Let, that's, that's actually a pretty sizable team and it makes sense given the number of integrations you've got, like. I'd imagine you'd have to have a pretty, pretty solid standing army just to build out new integrations, let alone keeping up with the old ones. Mm -hmm. um, when we're talking about the, the services that you integrate with, I know you mentioned that you started with sort of the applicant tracking stuff first. How did you prioritize the, even the first API that you chose to integrate with? 
Yeah. So we, we totally focus on market share here. We, we can obviously try to build ones that we want to build, but the most important is what people want. So with ATS, there's, there's just certain, I, I would say like looking at different uh, market sectors, there's, there's dominant platforms. So in ATS, you have greenhouse and lever that are really common among tech companies, but then we start selling to tech companies, right? So we might sell to a company that helps you analyze that the diversity of your recruitment funnel. And that company is selling to companies we've never heard of, you know, so maybe some oil company in Texas, or maybe they're selling to Taco Bell of, of Ohio, right? And so you're, you're now integrating with, with, you know, Greenhouse and Lever are irrelevant to those people. It's, it's Oracle Taleo, it's SAP's recruitment platforms. And so we, we've really had to sort of focus on what our customers are asking for. That being said, building new integrations doesn't slow us down because we spent our first six to eight months building out that infrastructure to be able to build new integrations. Uh, so it's more actually the, the sort of maintenance or dealing with edge cases, as opposed to the initial build out that takes much time for us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You said something earlier that, that I kind of grazed over pretty quickly, but it's, it's maybe a very interesting thing about the way it sounds like you run the company. How are you discovering what your customers want? How, how are you picking those next integrations? Like, is there a strategy for asking for feedback on those things or is it something you're discovering through maybe the sales process or, or I don't know, help desk ticketing, something like that? Yeah, absolutely. So essentially with all of our, all over our, our marketing pages, our landing page, everywhere, we show which integrations we support. And whenever we do, there's always a button next to them that says request new integration. Uh, on top of that, on our two uh, premium plans or two plans that people are committing to annually, we include building new integrations at no extra cost. So we just say, get us an API key from a customer or a, a you know, a sandbox key from a customer. We're happy to go build that out on your behalf. And so people can sign with Merge knowing that any platform that they need, as long as that platform has an API, it's going to be supported and basically say merge is now our integrations team offloaded to them. Yeah, that's ambitious. That is quite the strategy. That's very cool. Do, do you ever find you're asked to integrate with something that is just not ready for uh, the kind of integration you're looking for? Yeah. So there's, there's a few different cases that happens in, um, number one is they don't have an API. There, there's a lot of value in that. And, and we do have some ways of like, all right, we can try to integrate with reports as a service. I mean, we, we do support doing that, but some really don't have an API. And if there's something that no one's really requesting, we're just not going to, we're not going to do other ones. We've been asked to actually help customers or help companies design their APIs. So we'll have, we'll have a customer who's pioneering, let's say some new HR platform or some, some relatively new HR platform. And they're hounding that HR platform saying, get, we need an API. We want to pull our data out. That HR platform, sometimes they'll connect them to us and we'll help them design and figure out what it should look like. But then lastly, you do have ones that are missing core functionality. Uh, so we also work with platforms on that. We, we integrated with an ATS, not to name names, but we, we did integrate with one recently that exposed a lot of data, but was missing just key candidate and application data. And pulling jobs is interesting, but most companies need to know who's actually applying for the jobs. So working with them to add that functionality. Yeah. Oh, really cool. Do you provide a backlog of, of uh, integrators that you're uh, hoping to implement next? We do, but it, it's really funny. I know, I know it sounds a little hard to believe, but in general, our backlog is not new integrations. It's functionality. Mm. We are, we have 12 engineers and they're not even building integrations, right? That's our, that's our platform team. And they're just incredibly fast. We're, we've gotten to the point where we can build most new integrations, unless we're hitting something crazy, most new integrations in a matter of a couple of hours. Uh, record of my, my co-founder actually built three integrations in a day once. The biggest part for us is, is passing them off to our QA team. They take a couple of weeks to really, really test them out. Sure. That for off the cuff, having never really done this myself, that sounds pretty mind blowing. I, I, I would expect a scale of, I don't know, at least a month, uh, to, to a couple of months for the integration and QA and then release kind of thing. Uh, so it sounds like you're moving really fast and able to work with 
I mean, loads and loads of providers for good reason. You, you must have a really good process for doing that. That's, that's very cool. That's super impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we like to say we've seen it all at this point. I mean, like 15 different types of auth. We've seen people implement OAuth, you know, OAuth 2, like, 12 different ways we found security vulnerabilities and how people implement it. So our tooling is basically like, if the company, you know, we have, we have a pretty guided, I would say process to help people onboard. And it's like, what is the name of the field that the access token comes in? If the company does not, you know, abide by the spec and they call it something else, enter that field name here. So it's really guided. It's really adaptable and kind of just helps us move fast. Sure. Yeah. Built from all the little scars and pain points you've experienced in the past, no doubt. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about APIs. In general, I'm interested in your thoughts on, since you your company has integrated with and consumed so many APIs, what to you makes up a good API, one that's good for developers to work with? Yeah, I, I think thinking about, first of all, just being consumer first, thinking about what applications, what are people going to use your API for and creating good access patterns around that data is, is really critical. Anything to avoid people having to, to make a ton of API requests to you, make end queries. And of course, obviously, I think, I think before any of this actually comes just really great documentation. You know, there are preferences around using OAuth versus using other auth versus security of, of those. And there, there are merits to each of them, but if it's not documented, well, I, yeah. And, and I can tell you from our team who's built hundreds of integrations at this point, we don't really have a preference for what type of auth you're using. One might be a bit more of a pain to implement, but if we can't figure it out by immediately looking at your docs, that's what's the, the really annoying part, having to get in touch with your team and, and try to have, have that team, you know, figure it all out. So yeah, documentation's number one. Sure. Yeah. Often the, the special sauce when you're implementing with anything is kind of being able to read and understand what you're looking at. And, and is honestly, frankly, kind of an overlooked career path too, right? Like really, really good technical writers who understand the problems that are being solved and can eloquently describe what's going on. And also accurately is really, really special when you're working with an API. Yeah, it's true. And, and it's, so it's like great technical writing is really important. The other one is just the story or the journey of your docs, you know, it's, mm. it's really underrated and people aren't thinking about the path the developers taking there, but if how you, if, if the method of authentication is the last thing in your docs, you know, you're, you're kind of guiding someone on this path of having to click all around and go all over. So for us, we actually have our, our designer and, and, you know, I, I would say our product team really dedicated to understanding the journey of our customers within our documentation. We treat that as a product really intensely um, to the point where, you know, we, we think of user stories and we say, all right, well, they can do this. It's a really complicated action. So we need them to be able to find this, this detailed doc along their journey at the right time, but only if they need it. Otherwise we don't want to slam too much information at once. So we think really deeply about that journey that, that the, the developer is following. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I lack a sufficient term to describe this, but almost the user experience of learning how to build with something is underappreciated in the industry in general. There's definitely companies, organizations with huge, you know, budgets who can go and spin up a UX researcher just to work on docs, but that's often not the case. And so you really just need engineers or technical writers with a lot of love and care and um, patience for going and rewriting and, you know, experiencing the journey and watching other people do it. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because companies are willing to invest big bucks in optimizing copy on their landing page to stop people from, from bouncing. But what about stopping developers from bouncing as they go through your docs? Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, we, we sometimes fund the wrong things at the wrong time, I think. So, okay. I'm interested in any challenges that you faced in sort of building this unifying API service. Is there something that stands out to you along the way that, you, that you've uh, taken away as um, a lesson learned? Yeah. So I think you can, of course, look at all the differences in authentication and pagination and, you know, rate limits and all of that. But 
they're solvable, right? You just build things around them. Um, I think what is hard is what we describe as the mixed functionality problem, which is that ultimately we can't define one, the functionality of the platforms that we integrate with and two, what their APIs expose. And so in a lot of ways, when you're building a unified API or when you're saying we want to build integrations with, let's say HR platforms, and it's important to us to pull in everyone's title so that we can show that in this spot on our site. You know, ultimately our customers are like, we want that for all platforms, but if a platform doesn't support it, we have to be able to tell our customer like, Hey, that that's not possible. But I, I would say that's been a really big challenge for us. And it, it's actually becoming better as we, be, as we grow in the market, we have a bit more sway with API providers asking them to add more data. But ultimately, again, if a platform doesn't support it, they don't support it. And so building a unified API that perfectly claims to normalize all data is tough when some platforms just don't have certain data and some platforms have way more data. Sure. Yeah. Are, are you finding that you need to demonstrate to people who end up buying uh, your services that they're getting ROI or is it something that is kind of proving itself once they get into implementation? Yeah. I mean, I, I think first of all, for us, we, we only add value. What Merge does is revenue generating. First of all, right. You, you need certain integrations. You don't have the capacity to build them out. You need those because you need to support customers who are on them. So by having Merge, you're able to close those new customers. And then on top of that, you're saving developer time. So it's revenue generating and it's cost. It's twofold. People come into our sales calls and they're, they, they get it. They know what they're, they're buying into before they even get on that call. It's, it's pretty exciting. I would say our AEs are our, our salespeople who have been at multiple companies before ours that are, that are doing not similar things, but other, you know, sort of like maybe API based or other tech companies have described Merge as just the easiest product to sell when they get on a call with someone because everybody just understands it, viscerally grasps pain. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a perfect lead into my next question of how do you know in general if you're building something that people want? Yeah, I mean, I think for us it was a bit easier because Shensi, my co-founder, and I both came from backgrounds that we would have used this, right? And so, so there was a little bit of bias of us coming into this being like, all right, well, we both needed this and we both wanted this. And so we, we also spent about six months before we started the company talking to, we talked to over a hundred different startups in, in a bunch of different verticals. So we were like, all right, well, we don't want to just be biased because we know this is a problem in recruiting and ticket. We want to tackle everything. So let's, let's ask. So we talked to companies that needed HR integrations. We talked to companies that needed marketing automation and CRM and ticketing, just so many different things. And with that, every single time we got on a call, we were just like, if something like this existed, would you use it? And people are like, absolutely. How much would you be willing to pay? Honestly, anything. We pay a team of five developers. It costs us a million dollars a year. Anything to take away the pain. We even, we even sometimes would flip it. We would just say like, how are you doing it internally? And they'd be like, well, essentially we have this one service that integrates with all the different platforms and translates it to a common language. And we're like, okay, well, you've essentially built merge internally. So it was either they, they said they needed it or they had done it internally. Yeah, sure. Along those lines, then when you're, when you were first starting out, so you talked to hundred customers, you spent six months kind of researching things. Did those. Uh, 100 startups, sorry, did they end up being your sort of first customers or was there something else you had to do to kind of get the word out that, that Merge was uh, open for business? Yeah, they, they definitely, I would say a good number of them did for sure. And we actually still have closed some. I think we, we fully remember, my, my co-founder tweeted about this recently, but there were three out of those hundred that were, were very discouraging. That's always going to happen. But we're like, this is a terrible idea. Don't do it. And I think it was as of like two months ago, all three are now signed customers of Merge. So very, very validating it. And that felt, felt good. Yeah, that's amazing. I hope you popped the champagne or had a, you know, a nice lunch that day, something like that. That's really <laughs> cool. Yeah, it, it was really exciting. For a follow on to that is, has your strategy for acquisition of new customers changed since your initial launch? 
Yeah. So, so we still continue to do a bit of outbound. We're, we're more inbound than outbound though. Word of mouth is a big one. I would say we're hearing about, you know, a lot of our customers are coming in now saying, oh, we heard that, that you know, this company is using you and we, we have to. A lot of competitors thinking about how their competitors are building and, and you know, wanting to, to get a leg up or wanting to at least have the same advantage that they have. Those, those are a couple, we, we are really big on SEO. So you do things like search for you know, any platform we integrate with, search for that name plus API on Google, we tend to rank. So we're, we're really trying to follow the developer's journey, which in that case is, you know, their CEO is going to them saying, hey, all of our customers are asking for Workday API integration. But in general, if, if you if you need a Workday integration, you need JustWorks and Bamboo HR and, you know, Gusto and Namely and all the other ones. And so when you when you click on it, you land on Merge, it says, get a, get a Workday integration, but also get all of these other ones, sign up now. And that's sort of how we're, we're acquiring. Yeah, cool. That's really cool. It's it's you've built a lot of momentum inherently in the process here. Let's say tomorrow you were starting from scratch again and uh, you were going to build a new API first company, whether it was merge or something else that was sort of APIs at its core. What are the things you would do first? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I want to say like I would choose a, a more, more performant language, but I actually don't because because the fact of the matter is we constantly had to just pivot and change how we were building and, you know, doing Django and Python, it enabled us to move incredibly quickly. So we've been able to, to really scale with that. So I, I wouldn't change, you know, choice of language or any technologies. I think one thing that we we might have done is just do a bigger sort of survey of the landscape, more research across APIs and understand what the variability looks like. Because along the way, we've been forced to just tack on things like, you know, I kind of mentioned that earlier, but if they don't call this field the correct thing, then what, what you know, do they call it? But if we had just really gone and looked at 100 APIs and, and spent the time, we could have we could have really planned out like, all right, here's a robust system rather than having all these flags that we have to deprecate and be like, does the platform do this? Does the platform? And now the flags are kind of confusing. We, we've done some work to clean that up. But, you know, again, I, I think doing a bigger survey of the landscape has gone a long way. Sure. Yeah. For, for whatever it's worth from where I'm sitting, that sounds like a, a great optimistic task and also something that would require you to become an expert on 100 new APIs, which takes a lot of time and you may never have been able to get things off the ground, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's a balance. And, and yeah, I say that now going back when we were sitting there with no product, would we have wanted to sit there and spend potentially two months going through 100 APIs and deeply understanding their auth? Like, probably not. So maybe getting an expert, someone who's built 100 integrations, but that's also tough, right? Who's done that? Yeah. I mean, I had, I had already built several and I think we still we still just constantly see new things that we haven't seen before. Sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, it's all very interesting. You, you've uh, had quite the the journey kind of from gosh, 2020, I mean, it's two and a half years or whatever, something like that to this point, two years, roughly. That's that's a lot of, first of all, a lot of implementation, but also a lot of lessons learned that it sounds like you're speaking from some really good experience and have built a really fascinating product. What what haven't I asked you about Merge that I should have asked? Yeah, I mean, I think I think one thing that, that we find really interesting is just how people actually use Merge, what the customer use cases are. They've been, they've been really exciting for us. Uh, I'm happy to dive into that a little bit, but I would say they, they're very varied and I'm glad we went in with this mindset of, you know, we want to provide the data. We don't want to provide any sort of information on top of it. Like, let's say you're building a, a diversity recruiting platform and you want to help people analyze the diversity of the candidates throughout your recruiting funnel. We didn't, we didn't focus on that use case necessarily when we were building. We more said, let's give companies the data they're going to need. So maximize the amount of data that's normalized in return from our APIs and all the tools that developers need to be able to pull it efficiently and do what they want with it. Let's not try to be experts in data analytics or insights or anything on top of it. And so because of that, 
we've had some really, really cool use cases on top. And so a good example would be, you know, a lot of credit card companies like Ramp and, you know, some other big ones that, that you know, you've probably heard of that, that startups are using to, to power employee credit cards. They, they use us for one really cool one is a lot of employees are remote these days, but companies still want to give a lunch stipend give $25 a day to all engineers for lunch if you're within the engineering org. But if you're in the partnerships org, you get $200 a week for travel and meals because you might want to take out a client or something, you know, along or take out a partner. And so what, what Ramp does is they offer integrations with 35 different HR platforms because they don't know which HR platform their customer's on. So they're using Merge, of course. Now a Ramp customer can just log in, connect their HR system, and then say, all right, we see these teams coming in from Merge, which team, and now give them a budget and give them, you know, sort of spending categories. An employee joins, they, we automatically send Ramp a web hook to say, hey, an employee just joined, this is their department, here's their address, here's everything. Ramp allocates a credit card, and automatically just mails it to them with all the categories set. That's one great use case. Another another really cool one, and then I'll stop there, is, is cybersecurity. So uh, a lot of these SOC 2 automation platforms that are becoming popular, Vanta, Drop, that, that help you make sure that you're in compliance. They use us to monitor employees. Are they contractors or full-time? And with that, they're able to make sure that if someone gets terminated, for example, was their access revoked from all other services within 24 hours? So many different use cases. I've only gone into a couple, and those are just within our HR API, but it's been really exciting. Yeah, those are really creative and they, they provide some special like magical solutions to modern problems too, that you definitely need to tie into lots of things for it to make sense to even try something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what's interesting also is just that, that nowadays as, as a consumer, you expect everything to be integrated deeply. Like when I, when, when you're buying a platform and they're like, all right, well, whenever someone joins, come add them and invite them here. Or, you know, whenever someone, like whenever you close a sale, go add it in Salesforce, but also go add it in our platform. No one wants to do that anymore. No one expects, everyone expects that your systems are integrated. Yeah. Yeah. What about other verticals? Are there, are there other verticals that you're dying to get into or that are interesting to merge? Yeah, we do have other verticals for sure. And we, we can build very quickly. What's important to us is that our customers have a great experience. So since we're B2B, we're actually B2B2B. All of our customers also sell to businesses, of course, right? Because these are right. B2B tools we're integrating with. And so it's, it, it's really important to us to give them a good experience because their customers are probably paying them, you know, anywhere from 10 to several hundred thousand dollars a year for that, for that service. And, uh, that means it has to be great. And so we do spend a lot of time on follow-up, making sure that the use cases are supported and that the data is high quality, but we do have a bunch of other verticals we want to move into We're we're, we're not, you know, publicly disclosing yet which ones, but there's some really cool ones and, and they definitely need unification. But what we do is sort of analyze demand, look at what our existing customers want versus what new customers want. Look at, you know, where are VCs investing? What are emerging markets? There's so many different, you know, factors that go into it. Also, how fragmented is a market? If there's one player that's dominant, what's the power of a unified API? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I figured you might not be able to share kind of what's coming, but couldn't hurt to ask there. Yeah, I think there um, are some cool ones and some ones that developers especially will be really excited about. Yeah, cool, cool. Well, we'll have to uh, keep an eye out for news. And along those lines, if our, our listeners, developers are interested in following Merge and keeping an eye on Merge or trying out Merge for their product, where should they go? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Merge is, it's free to sign up and just get started. You can, you can go to merge.dev, D-E-V. There we have, you know, really good guides to get you started, help you dive in. And you can start with any of our categories. It's, you get $100 a month for free. So uh, it's really easy to just test out. 
Yeah, got it. Are there interesting sort of first integrations they can try? Yeah, so a lot of our integrations, we actually listed there, but a lot of our integrations have free trials uh, listed. So like Bamboo HR is a great example. If you, if you go in and just sort of look at a bunch of the platforms there, uh, you can just click on them and we provide links to the free trials or instructions on how to get a demo account. And then also, you know, again, since, since you know, any listener who'd be interested likely works at a B2B company, uh, you can also test with adding your company's own systems. Yeah, cool. So there's there's a value prop in itself of just being able to get in and try sort of the whole full-fledged thing with free tools. That's really interesting. And I'm sure lots of the, the folks that will be listening to this podcast are more on the, hey, we need to integrate with this side of things as well. What sort of things are you interested in hearing feedback on from our audience? Yeah, we, we would love to hear, you know, we are a developer first company. We think that's why, you know, we're, we're winning among developers is, is everything we do is focused on devs. So we want to hear about the experience. We want to hear about onboarding. Was anything confusing in the journey? We want it to be as clear and as simple as possible. We're developers building for developers. We feel fortunate that we can almost be product managers of our own products because we understand what we're building. But that being said, you can be, you know, sometimes caught up in, in the internals of something and take for granted that you have some inside knowledge. And so we just want, we'd, we'd love feedback on what the journey is like, what the onboarding journey is like, and then any additional features and things people are looking for. Yeah, you'll, you'll be surprised to hear that our audience is not shy about uh, sharing their thoughts on things. So <laughs> hopefully you get some good feedback there. But what, what about hiring? Are you hiring for any roles right now? We are absolutely hiring. We are hiring for virtually every role across the board. We have grown incredibly fast. We went from zero to 1700 customers in under a year. So we, yeah, so we are really looking to hire. We're hiring backend engineers, software, back at, sorry, backend, frontend, Full stack, definitely across the board there. And, you know, even even things like technical solutions, engineers, customer facing things more in sales. And then we're, we're hiring people to build integrations on our platform team. So uh, yeah, definitely everywhere in the org. And that's at merge.dev slash careers. Cool. And just for uh, sake of completeness, because I know someone will ask me, um, are you hiring remotely? Or are you hiring just in a specific location? How does that work? Yeah, so we're, we are in person. We're in New York and San Francisco and both offices are where we're open to. We, we're remote flexible, I would say. We, we you know, we, we like to say we're kind of pre-COVID, you know, you have packages or you want to work remotely for a week here and there, totally fine. But in general, we are in person. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. So uh, that's a bit about Merge. How can uh, our listeners find you if they want to get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can feel free to email me, gil at merge.dev, D-E-V. Follow me on Twitter, Gil, F-E-I-G, Gil Feig, or, you know, also send me a LinkedIn connection. Heck yeah. I will stick all of the relevant links and URLs in the show notes for this and make sure that they're posted when the show goes live here. It's been really fantastic talking to you. I appreciate you coming and spending some time with me and sharing about your product experience. Yeah. Thanks for your time. It was great chatting. Thank you so much for having me.